The Seventh Sunday After Trinity, July 18th, 2021. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, whose never-failing providence orders all things, both in heaven and earth, we humbly implore you to put away from us all hurtful things, and to give us those things that are profitable for us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the seventh Sunday after Trinity is from the book of Genesis, the second chapter. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good, but Alium and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidekel. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. This is the word of the Lord. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. The epistle is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the sixth chapter. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the eighth chapter. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, 
Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before them, and they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Sing praise to God, the highest good, the author of creation, the God of love who understood our need for his salvation. With healing balm our souls he fills, and every faithless murmur stills. To God all praise and glory. What God's almighty power has made, in mercy he is keeping.
By morning glory, evening shade, his eye is never sleeping. Within the kingdom of his might, all things are just and good and right. To God all praise and glory. We sought the Lord in our distress. O God, in mercy hear us. Our Savior saw our helplessness and came with peace to cheer us. For this we thank and praise the Lord, who is by one and all adored. To God all praise and glory. He never shall forsake his flock, his chosen generation. He is their refuge and their rock, their peace and their salvation. As with a mother's tender hand, he leads his own, his chosen band. To God all praise and glory. All who confess Christ's holy name, give God the praise and glory. Let all who know his power proclaim aloud the wondrous story. Cast every idol from its throne, for God is God and he alone. To God all praise and glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before them, and they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away. This is the word of the Lord. Without God's planting and God's grafting of divine love into your hearts, it is not there, nor will it ever be there. You are but dust. You are but the earth. You are but the soil, 
and you are a cursed soil. You are a soil that yields stones, that is filled with sand and clay, and which brings forth thorns and thistles. You are a cursed soil, though once you were blessed. You are a soil lacking nutrients, though once you were rich. You are a soil unable to bear fruit, though once you tended an infinite abundance. St. Paul says it all. The curse of Adam is your curse, a curse of one flesh eternally perpetuated in procreation, as father passes on the sin of his father, originating with man's great father, Adam. You are the progeny, cursed to be bad soil the instant Adam fell, predestined to bear thorns of hatred and impiety because your flesh is your father's flesh. The soil that is poor must be worked. The soil that is cursed must become blessed. The soil that is unholy must be made holy. Unless time and effort, blood and sweat are put into tending that soil, it will never improve. Does the soil wish itself to be better? Who knows? Perhaps it does, and perhaps it does not. Does the soil's wish matter? Can the soil change its nature just by wishing? Can the garden grow by will alone? Can the crops be profitable without tending? The children of earth must be tended by the hand of God. They must be planted from above. Their choking, thorny vines must be cut, and good fruit must be grafted on. They must receive a transfusion of nutrients and fertilizer, a new blood flow through the heart of the earth, filling, sustaining, nourishing, transforming, terraforming. But it is not enough for you to know about God's love. That is information data, trivia, but it is not reality. In fact, it is not even enough for you to know God's love externally, in the way that you know the wheat and the bread externally, the smell, the touch, the sight, but not the taste. You must know the love of God internally. This love must be taken into the system, plunged into the heart of the earth, infused into your being so that it becomes a part of your very self, just as the grafted bud becomes a part of the stem upon which it grows. Jesus knows this, even though neither the people nor the disciples do. He has compassion on the great crowd that has followed him, desiring to receive his teaching. His compassion stems from love, divine love, that sees his children poor and miserable and wants to bring them into himself to nurture forever. He says, if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. 
He worries not only for their physical well-being, but also for their spiritual. This one observation is both of the physical and the spiritual nature of that gathered crowd. Regarding the body, Jesus worries that his children will not have the energy to walk back to their homes unless they receive food, for they have been fasting with him for three days. Regarding the spirit, Jesus worries that his children will not have the strength to walk the way he has taught unless he gives them the strength. He worries that without him they will stumble and be devoured by lurking predators. Worried about temporal matters, the disciples express concern over their lack of resources. Yet seven loaves of bread is enough for Jesus. Seven is completion. Seven is fullness. Seven is everything for all and all within everything. Seven is enough because seven is the abundance of God's love and mercy. To eat of this bread in the wilderness is to participate in a great rebirth, a great liberation, the gift of God that is eternal life in Christ Jesus. This is because there is a mystical event that takes place in this feeding which transcends a simple, for God, multiplication of loaves. That is not the miracle. Anyone who knows Jesus should expect that seven loaves will be sufficient for any number of his blessed children. The miracle is much deeper and much more potent. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Man is soil. Man is dust. The dust man eats of an abundance of divine fruit in a paradisiacal garden. But man is prideful. Man becomes dust. Man becomes slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. Man must repent. Man must sacrifice. Man must eat the food of sinners, bread. Man wanders into the wilderness, and man dies on the walk home. On the third day, Jesus commands the gathered children of the earth to sit, not upon the ground, but upon the earth. Dust goes to dust. Soil goes to soil. The hungry earth then opens its many mouths like chicks for their mother hen, like the garden awaiting the seed it cannot receive from any other but the gardener. Jesus takes the bread, gives thanks, and breaks it in a proto-Eucharist, and gave gave them to his disciples to set before them, and they set them before the multitude. It is not only physical what the disciples do here. Regarding the body, they present the bread to the people. But regarding the spirit, they set before the people a reality of God, a new life apart from death in a divine meal. In Jesus, the food of death becomes the food of life.
In Jesus, the children of the dust are no longer bound to the dust. He pours out his blood in libation, and he feeds those many mouths with a bread that is his own flesh. He becomes a greater abundance of fruit himself than even the Garden of Eden could have ever supplied. It is on the third day that this resurrection, this rebirth, this mystical meal takes place. The people sought the word, and the people now receive him, not only with mind or with ears, but with heart, with soul, and with mouth. This is a new planting. Without the work of Christ, the earth and her children cannot bear fruit, cannot love, cannot live. He plants it. The bread is himself, and he is himself the seed swallowed by the soil. His blood is the water on the parched ground, and it is the transfusion into the veins of parched bodies. The feeding is not about the bread, but about the planting. The planting of God within his people, in their souls and in their very bodies. The soil is no longer cursed, for now it is worked by God. The soil is no longer barren, but for weeds and thorns. For the Lord has planted new seeds of divine love, and the Lord has tilled away the weeds and thorns. The soil is no longer dead and devoid of nutrients, for Christ himself has become the nutrients. If you wish to find the paradise of Eden, all you must do is gaze into your own heart and see there the transplanted garden Christ has prepared. His love is your love now, because he has placed it within you in a food once for sinners, but now redeemed for the redeemed. His love is your love now because you have received new life in the word, not with your ears, but with your tongue. In this most blessed gospel, you are free from the restraints of your former bondage. You are no longer limited to those things whose end is death. This gospel creates something unlimited within you, unlimited love, unlimited righteousness, unlimited potential, unlimited fruit, not bound by restriction, but limitless in a new field of rich, fertile soil. You are cursed to be bad soil, and for all your stones and thorns, you children of the earth must repent. But you are destined to be fertile soil, richly planted in an abundance of grace and mercy, overflowing into baskets upon baskets. For that, you need only offer thanksgiving and praise to your gardener, your mother hen, your Lord. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the Spirit of God to remain with his Church, to defend and protect her from adversity, to preserve her from heresy and schism, and to be the breath of divine bellows that stokes the fire of faith and pure confession, let us pray to the Lord. For the people of Christendom, that residing within the Church they would inhabit a city of God set apart from the world, 
for steadfastness and boldness in word and deed, for the faith and will of martyrs, that all Christians would confess Christ in word and deed, even unto death, and for all who bear the holy orders of the ministry. Let us pray to the Lord. In thanksgiving for regeneration and rebirth, for an increase of piety, love, devotion, and upright Christian living, for a resurgence of the faith and a new flock led to the way, and for strength to rebel against the spirit of this age, let us pray to the Lord. For our country and all within her who serve to govern and to rule, for those who strive to preserve and uphold law and good order, for those who defend this country and her people, for kindness and compassion among the peoples, and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance from every sin, error, evil, discord, and strife, for an end to war, bloodshed, sedition, and rebellion, for the work of God to chasten and to heal, for the conversion of the pagans and the return of the apostate, for the destruction of the proud and the upright, and blessing to the meek, and for forgiveness and repentance to our persecutors, slanderers, and enemies. Let us pray to the Lord. For mercy to the sinful, for provision to the innocent, the widow, the orphan, the homeless, the abused, and the needy, for the comforter to heal the downtrodden, to raise up the brokenhearted, to embrace all victims of violence and suffering, and give joy to the depressed and peace to the anxious, and for the dissolution of all spiritual poisons among the people of God, let us pray to the Lord. For the healing touch of Christ, as the Spirit so delivers, for the preservation of the body against all trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, for all in the grasp of ailments of body or soul, especially Gordon, Sandra, Daryl, Sherry, Ron, Barbara, Randy, Ken, Jessica, Jeremy, and Janine, for those near death, for comfort to those who mourn, and in thanksgiving for all new life and bodily preservation in the new hope of our Lord's return, let us pray to the Lord. Almighty Father, everlasting God and Lord, we sing with tongues of angels that you are holy. Though we cannot now comprehend you, grant us to know you. Though we cannot now see you, grant us to see your work. Though we cannot now gaze into the depths of your mind and will, grant us to gaze into the depths of your love. For you have given us your only begotten Son and his Holy Spirit, that through them we would be united to you even as we are pilgrims in this life. Joined to Christ, let us be branches of one vine, united in the spirit of peace, love, joy, and compassion, and bearing these fruits as a living body, held together by the bonds of Christ's own flesh and blood. Just as this bread is gathered together from countless scattered grains and the wine from many grapes, 
so may your church be gathered together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom by this same Jesus Christ our Lord, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 